Hi. Hello. I'm Julian. And I am Coach Tom. We are here as Team Binge to talk about Ted Lasso. Season 3, Episode 5. This episode is called Signs. Tom, from the top, what would you think? Um, I saw the episode was Signs, so I accidentally watched the M. Night Shyamalan movie Signs, so I was very confused for the first half hour, but thoroughly enjoyed it. Oh, you mean the Mel Gibson movie, Signs, Tom? <laughs> the Mel Gibson movie. <laughs> Sling away, Meryl. He's in that, right? Did I? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah Mel yeah, Gibson okay. and then okay. uh, the Joker, Phoenix. Jacqueline Phoenix. Yeah. Jacqueline, that's, that's how he's pronouncing it now, ever since <laughs> sure, he became a rapper. <laughs> All right, speaking of rappers, um, <laughs> did you enjoy this? After you got through that movie, did you enjoy this TV show, Tom? Correct. After I unwrapped this episode, trying to help you with your transition, it was fun. I liked it. It was a longer episode, right? This is like 50-some minutes, but we got a lot of character development and movement with some uh, of our main characters we followed thus far. Uh, we got rid of a character, which I'm super excited for. We got rid of another character, which I'm not as excited for, but we'll we'll dive in. What, oh, what did you think, my man? I love the mystery. <laughs> I did not think this episode was all that long because I watch it at times two, much like podcasts that I listen to at times four. <laughs> I watch my TV shows at times too. Okay. And so it makes things fly by. Everyone sounds like a chipmunk. But uh, I would say I like this episode. I did not feel like it was one of the stronger ones, but I do mm-hmm. feel like it touched a couple of things uh, that I was not expecting that I, that I quite enjoyed. I mm-hmm. think everyone who is joining us for the first time won't know, and those of you that have been with us for Lord knows how long, who can count, <laughs> Never been a big fan of Nate. There are some beats in this episode that play to Nate's strength. And it was like, oh, yeah, I remember when Mm. I liked Nate and where Nate (laughs) was like a fun part of the story. Um, So we'll get into it. But I I would say my big takeaway from this episode was the surprise of of what they did with, with Nate and how much I enjoyed that. Yeah, no, absolutely agree. And I've got some thoughts about that because I think we've known that they're going to try to bring Nate back into the fold and not make him just a villain. Um, If we do think that this is a three-season arc like Sudeikis and the original writers kind of said. So uh, as we kind of get to it, I want to kind of talk to you a little bit about what I think they're doing with Nate. Although now that I'm evaluating, maybe it's not so much Nate, but Nate's better half that I'm more excited about. And by that, I mean Anastasia, probably the best (laughs) character of this whole show. She is very fit. She, in in it, in it, she's very fit. He, Isaac says something in there that even with subtitles, I was like, in it, she fit? I, I was like, I, it, I couldn't get there. Anyways, let's dive into it. Uh, we're starting on a losing streak where the last mm. episode ended with the, I don't know, bad news bears of a soccer team beating up everyone and getting thrown out of game. We have continued our slow dive into mediocrity. I like how they say this in the beginning. The announcers are like, it's been seven weeks since there's been a win, uh, and that's since they lost to West Ham. And I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, they've lost for seven weeks straight. That's incredible. But, Tom, losing is not the only other option other than winning. (laughs) Am I correct? You're learning. You're learning. touching something? Because he goes (laughs) to the whiteboard and he writes down like, I don't know, six draws, something losses. Mm -hmm. I couldn't do the math. There were too many different colored dry erase markers. But (laughs) we're finding out that we're drawing a lot and losing some and winning none, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. So they're not like bottom of the table when we kind of catch up with them. Had they have lost all seven of these games, it would have been a different story. But I think 
at a certain point they do a little quick flash to the scoreboard and they're like ninth on the table so they dropped quite a bit but they're still in the hunt for the most part is it a game a week uh yes roughly um there should be times where they have tournaments and other things going on so but yeah i think roughly a game a week makes sense that would make sense because a lot of times they get injured during the game you know they fall over and they grab their ankle (laughs) like they're dying so giving them a week to recover would make sense correct i've been watching a lot of soccer i'm excited (laughs) we find that zava's still scoring goals and then the more important thing that leads to a great joke later in the episode is Man City is next week. Mm. And this stands for Manchester City Town, right? What is the <laughs> name? What is this? Is Manchester United? What is this? You got it. Manchester City. So this is the team that Jamie played for at the end of the first season, right? So this is big team. They're currently one of the top teams in the Premier League in real life. So it makes sense that they're up top and they're kind of the, the team to beat right now. Got it. Coming off this opening loss, we're in the coach's office, and Higgins reads <laughs> something <laughs> about, I can't go into it, we're a family podcast, but it's a pretty, pretty terrible thing to say about uh, AFC Richmond, and Beard's like, oh, you gotta get off Twitter, and Higgins' <laughs> like, no, that's a text from my dad, which is <laughs> just, just a great back and forth, and yes, for anyone that's spent any time on Twitter, actually... I would say our feed is pretty positive, but that's mainly because you conduct the orchestra. If I conducted the Twitter orchestra, our Twitter feed would be absolutely terrible. But yeah, the key is just constantly like Ted Lasso things and you get a lot of love and joy in your life. Yes, unless you're shipping for the wrong people, then that's where it, we'll get into that later. Anyways. <laughs> Ted's like, what's wrong? I like, this is a comprehensive list from the coaches. They're like, well, offense, defense, everyone's just standing around watching Zava, which (laughs) I'm pretty sure was the strategy uh, seven weeks ago, just give the ball to Zava. So Roy's uh, joke here about they should have to buy tickets if they're all just going to stand around and watch Zava is pretty great. Yeah. This leads to Rebecca in the doorway, yelling, gotta say, she's absolutely terrifying and <laughs> quite beautiful at the same time. I don't know oh. how that works. She's like she a, always is. She's like a storm. She's like a <laughs> desert summer storm flowing in over the Sonora, through the mountains, lightning, thunder, high winds. Sorry. Uh, that was beautiful. I just wanted to to keep going. Man, you're painting a picture. No, I think when you re-listen to that, you'll realize he's just saying (laughs) nouns. So not a poet. (laughs) Not a doctor, not a poet. Um, (laughs) But yeah, Rebecca, she comes in hot. uh, And I love uh, Ted's response. Like, I hear the concern in your voice and its volume. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, great line. Um, This is wonderful I think my favorite space in the show is the coach's office. That seems to be like mm-hmm. where the banter is had and the characters I love get to spend the most time together. But mm-hmm. Roy looks down like very shameful. Like you can <laughs> like he has this respect for her as the owner of the team that I think only an old school like soccer player has. Mm-hmm. Beard leans back and covers his face. He puts his hat down. With his hat as if <laughs> mom and dad won't yell at me if they can't make eye contact with me. Uh, Trent... <laughs> Trent is, uh, I mean, kind of not disinterested, but um, not involved, but still engaged in the other room. And then Ted kind of looks to all of them as if he's going to get any type of help, <laughs> and he does not, and it's wonderful. 
but yeah he starts by giving a ship analogy about it going in the right direction and then i love how everybody eventually gets to trying to figure out which way north is and then beard finally yells and you're like okay beard always knows and he even finishes it with i think i think yes (laughs) i don't think i caught that joke until the second go around with subtitles but yeah he does the two finger point everyone's kind of paused as if they're like remaking a renaissance painting and then he goes i think and it's just wonderful we cut from there to some sort of restaurant or tea bar. I don't know. She has a mug. <laughs> she's paying for it. She is gazing at the green matchbook from Sam's mm-hmm. restaurant. And who shows up but my second favorite character the whole show, old John Wingstop. Uh, and we find out he's he is the uh, chicken wing magnate who runs <laughs> all of the wing stops. If you've ever had lemon pepper... Uh, chicken wings this is your guy write him a thank you note no you're wrong it's wings night it's the night time like you know 3 a.m you're really drunk you're you're going to get some snacks it's wings night wings night okay Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. it's like ladies night is tuesday wings night is (laughs) got it yeah yeah Yeah, the night where all men eat wings for free i got you all right i'm there this guy's got a lot of good ideas between chicken wings and i don't know drunk food I've never been drunk, Tom, so I'll just have to take your word for it. <laughs> He's got a good scarf game. He's got like one of those like Man City slash Man United scarves, which is kind of fun. Like it's either he's not picking an allegiance or he went to a game that featured both of the teams. So it's, a, it's an interesting take. Oh, I think he makes a comment in like the episode where they're dating about he's like, oh, I, I just he just picked the most pop the two most popular teams oh. <laughs> because he's like a guy that's like a Yankees fan and a uh-huh. Cowboys fan. And I don't know, insert hockey team. Um, I'm going to say <laughs> the skaters. Yeah, the coyotes, <laughs> sure. Um, the Islanders, maybe they're the Bobcats. Who knows? <laughs> I'm sure hockey's great. But I do like the introduction here of his fiance, who uh, one of our uh, listeners kind of called this out. So this is, she played Dawn in uh, The Office, the British Office version, which is sure. kind of like the, the Pam version for the British United Pam. Audience. Yeah. Yes, the British Pam. So that was kind of fun to see her give a little cameo because I'm sure a lot of the uh, folks watching kind of knew what she was from. I admittedly have never watched the British Office, so I didn't recognize her at first. I don't know if you did. Oh, I did not recognize her, but I do. N- I've watched the pilot episode of the British one, and I mm-hmm. said, "No, not for me. I'm going to stick with the original <laughs> American one." And then I watched all nine seasons of the American one over and over again. Yeah, I think pre-make. she's, isn't she also in Shaun of the Dead, Tom? Which would be, I think, your point is of it? reference. Oh, maybe she is. I never even thought about that. Yeah, I think she is Shaun's ex-girlfriend in Shaun of the Dead. But See, now i got to look that up. Now if I'm, I'm wrong, you can email me at not going to nope, give right. you an email address. If you want to tell me I'm right, you can email you're me right. at teambingepodcast at gmail.com. Am I right? I'm going to email you. Yeah, you're right, buddy. Good call. Oh, man sweetest words in the english language or you're right buddy all right speaking of right they beat up sir anthony hopkins at uh, hamilton which i think is just what you do when you go and see an old revolutionary war musical with rap in it you beat up sir anthony hopkins right and then you take an ussy over his cold dead body i don't think they killed him i'm not listen so. i'm not implying we should kill sir anthony hopkins he's wonderful he's a treasure a treasure. I do they like get, they bring back the the ussy concept that was brought from the very first episode, right? Uh, so it's it's apparently become a thing. 
that weird guy on the plane now has made it into Urban Dictionary with the use of Ussie. But it would, I mean, I think it fits in line that John Wingstop would also be using a term like Ussie, right? Yeah, he's hip. He's with it. Yeah. Speaking of being hip and with it, she says, I went on the dating app and I found my shite and nining armor. Mm. And this is a callback to Rebecca's psyche vow, right? Mm-hmm. And like you could tell, like Rebecca's clearly freaking out here and you know she's freaking out because it's playing that like dark and ominous music in the background. So again, prophecy, it's coming true. We knew it would come true. It's kind of silly, but here we are. Tom, this is a real world show, correct? <laughs> I believe so. This is I not a fantasy so. show. This <laughs> is not part of the Game of Thrones universe, correct? Maybe... Oh man, would that be so cool if Rebecca becomes like the Khaleesi and gets a dragon well, and no, she burns everything? She's a nun in Game of Thrones, oh, so she shame. can't also be Khaleesi. Shame. Um, my issue is, are we being punked? Is she being punked? What's happening here? This doesn't... Um, or for those of you that are Jamie Kennedy fans, are we being X'd? I don't remember what his show was <laughs> wow, that there's Ashton the Kutcher stole, but <laughs> justice for Jamie Kennedy... Anyways, so are we now supposed to think that she's either supposed to go for John Wingstop or Sam? Is that is that what's being thrown no. at us? No, I think it's just the idea that it's giving legitimacy to the psychic, that she said something that was completely out of left field and is now coming up in Rebecca's life. But I don't think it's necessarily meaning that Rebecca's going in that direction with, with good old Wingstop. I think she's just... She now believes all the other stuff she said, especially about the family and the baby, which kind of pushes probably the next couple scenes. Okay. Okay. So you're not saying the shite and nining armor is John. You're just saying because that phrase was used around her and it's a weird phrase, she's now yes. supposed to buy into the psychic's predictions a bit more. Yes. yes. Okay. That's my take. Well, that's too bad because I really like John. <laughs> From here, just we're like at, wings. I love their wings. Their fries are good too. They put like sugar on the fries. Incredible. Mm-hmm. You got to eat them right away though. But if they put them in the greasy brown bag and they sit in your car for 45 minutes because there's no restaurants near your house because you live out in the middle of nowhere, then they're no good. All right. But then your car smells great for days. Oh, smells so good for days. So good. <laughs> Speaking of smelling good for days, we're back at J no KJPR, the attorneys at law. We've got Keely, Jack, and Barb all hanging out. Tom, uh, I think you were in the middle of watching this episode. You must have gotten to this scene because I got a text from you that just said, uh, look at the bajingas on her, I think is <laughs> what you sent me. Those are word for word. What were you referring to, Tom, when you sent me that text well, in the middle yeah, of you, the I mean, day? You, you just said it. Like, Keely, Jack, and Barb are all hanging out, and there were other things hanging out, too. We got... <laughs> Very heavy cleavage in this scene, which when I first watched it, it was, it, it kind of like took me aback, like, oh, that's there, that's very heavy on the cleavage bit. But then on like the second watch, like if you look at her outfit, second here, watch, slow motion, zoom in, sure. <laughs> yes, go on, Tom. I know what she you're has, doing over there. Like on her shirt, she has like nipple rings. It's yep. very weird. Yep. And like it's a choice. Keely is a fashion forward person. Uh, but it was so funny to like, uh, to see this, and it definitely stood out to me on my second watch. But when I told my wife about this, she's like, "Oh, it's interesting that Julian didn't notice these nipple rings because he was looking at something else." Yes, yes. <laughs> 
wait, was that a shot at me? Who's in trouble here? I don't know. I brought my spouse in and I was like, what's happening in this situation? And she's like, I don't know. They should be buttons. Instead, they're rings. Don't have a clue. would be weird, right? Buttons in that area just seems to... It's called attention. Pink buttons? I don't know, Tom. Um, This is why I wear buttons around my my, uh, crotchal region. (laughs) This is a podcast for kids, so I think we're going to move on. It was. We're probably going to get in trouble. Uh, I'm certainly... My Gam Gam is not going to... I'm going to get a letter. I know. Gam Gam does not appreciate when we talk about nips. Anyways... (laughs) Shandy comes in and she lets Keely know that she's like angry and she's like, oh, I created an app for um, having relations with celebrities. It's called Star, uh, insert word here, once again, podcast (laughs) for kids. Listen, I couldn't get Shandy faster out of my life. See, I thought, I mean, I agree. We've we've went on record here. We're not big Shandy fans. But this little bit of her creating this other app that was Star Effort is just hilarious. And I like her line. She's like, I'm going to do something that, uh, or create an app that actually cares about helping people have sex with celebrities. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a great tagline. That's for sure. Yeah. And she's, she's, a, she's a people person. She's trying to do, I don't know, the Lord's, the Lord's work. work. I, yeah. Yeah. That's the only way to describe it. Obviously within the confines of marriage, but anyways, <laughs> Jack's like, listen, you need to fire her. And it's a funny moment where Jack, without segue, goes into what she needs to say to Shandy, and so Keely yeah. thinks she's getting fired. I was like, Jack, you could have done that differently, but we're watching a TV show, so I appreciate the comedy of it all. <laughs> yeah. uh, she explains to us what a compliment sandwich is, uh, which I've been eating those my whole life. They <laughs> taste... Good, then bitter, then a little less bitter. There's a line in here that I wrote down, and I loved it so much that I'm obviously thinking about getting another tattoo. She says, the worst people often think they're the best, and that is just an incredible line. Yes, and Jack's father calls it talent dysmorphia, which is great, great. Wonderful. Just wonderful. Um, and then before we cut in the scene, I think this is actually Jack saying that she wants to ask Keely out for lunch. And I feel like even in this scene, I kind of got like hints at, are they going to go a romantic way with, with these two characters? And I, I don't know if it was the camera lingering or the way Jack had asked, but I don't know if you picked up on this in, in your first watch. I did not. I did not see where it was going until the end of the episode when the uh, blinds are shut and you see the silhouette. Through. And I was like, oh, what are they doing? Anyways, uh, we're at the locker room. We have the team talking about Nate and how he got Anastasia, I guess, because they're in like tabloid. Mm-hmm. And a lot of she's fit in it comments. And <laughs> everyone is very taken by Anastasia. I think it's important to note here, Tom, and for our audience, I've never seen She's All That. I've seen My Fair Lady, I've not seen She's All That, and I have not read the Bernard Shaw play that they're all based on. Have you seen mm. She's All That? No, I mean, I know of it because it's like that classic 90s teen rom-com thing, whatever, where you take a very attractive person, you put them in glasses and put their hair up, so that way you can so take the hotter. glasses off, put the hair down, and somehow make the person more beautiful than they already were. Oh. It's kind of silly, but I, I, I like the concept of like, 
all of these guys having this conversation about this and all of them being very like well-versed and know about this, except for, I think, uh, Danny Rojas then kind of comes in and makes a comment about how pigs, like he loves pigs because that was mentioned in some of the back and forth. So he just completely oblivious and goes on his own thing about pigs being like the same intelligence as babies. It was great. So yeah, I did not understand where he (laughs) went there, but he's a lover of movies and he's a lover of toddler pigs. So that's good, I guess. (laughs) Uh, the person who's not a lover of movies uh, is Zava. Zava does not love moving pictures, but he is deeply devoted to his wife. My wife, Christina, is the only woman I see with clarity. Every other woman is a smudge. I, on the second watch, I was like, maybe he just needs glasses. If like everyone else <laughs> looks like mudges to him, that's probably an indication of glasses. Tom, I really hope the Lasso legal team doesn't sue us for using actual <laughs> clips from the show of when we quote Zava, because uh, I think there are certain things you're only supposed to have a clip like so long. So I guess we'll keep inserting them and we'll just see what happens. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The one I'm going to miss doing that, man. He really isn't around anymore. <laughs> oh, he's not? The one thing I wanted to mention, and it, if you blink, you miss it, is Isaac here, because I think they make a comment about Nate's appearance, and Isaac says, no, Nate's transformation is on the inside. And I thought that was like <laughs> yeah. a lovely moment where mm-hmm. you're like, oh, yeah, that is kind of where Nate's transformation is occurring as we as mm-hmm. we watch this happen. So the last thing I just want to leave us with is I love Zava. I, I think... They've brought in a character that I did not see what they were going to do there, and I've just enjoyed him. He's very funny, and mm-hmm. he's not at all what I thought they were going to do with that character. So it's wonderful. Yeah, I'm going to miss him. I hope he enjoys retirement. <laughs> do you think he's, I mean, let's just ask right now. Do you think he's going to like stay retired? Do you think they're going to keep this character in some form or fashion? No, I think he's done. I don't think this is, uh, like if he was... If he was more vindictive or more of a jerk and they didn't like him, I could see him going to West Ham and then like him yeah. appearing at the end when they play West Ham, you know, for whatever the Super Bowl, whatever it's called. But I don't know. I think this is he's in and he's done. And I think it makes Zava kind of not evil necessarily, but more like bad if we <laughs> man vocabulary. today. <laughs> you all are welcome. Um <laughs> It's more vindictive if he comes back on West Ham, right, as an enemy. And to this point, they've made him relatively, like, positive and wholesome. He's just, like, mm-hmm. weird, you know? Yeah, well, they kind of did that be with Jamie already, right, of him going and playing for Man City. So I agree. It doesn't make sense. I, I hope we get more of him in some form or fashion. I just don't know what it could be. Yeah, I hope Roy, Jamie, and Zava all end up on West Ham and they crush AFC West <laughs> Richmond and all those guys get Super Bowl rings. That's what I'm predicting happens. And Ted's got to be like, and then Ted's the assistant coach over there. He also transfers. And then uh, everyone's AFC jer- jerseys are worthless. And NBC makes a, uh, it's not NBC, it's Apple. Apple makes a ton of money on uh, new West Ham jerseys. Anyways. I think they're I, doing okay. I mean, I'm sending them money just to make sure, you know, like one of them TV preachers. All right. We're in the coach's office. They're discussing the Man City game plan. All of this is for this joke right here. Beard's like, why do they have to be named after the place I danced at in college? And I thought about it, and I was like, he danced at a place called Man City. That's incredible. That is a great joke. I love every part of that joke. I'm going to think about it. And it's... Oh. 
the throwaway jokes can in I this be honest? show. Yeah, can I be honest right ahead. now? I think I literally just got that joke. I've watched yeah. this episode twice. I think I just got that joke. Because yeah. I just, as a football fan, like I just hear it, Man City, all the time and just immediately put it with Manchester City and not it being like a meal dance club. Yeah, uh, That's fantastic. Yep. That's the joke, and that's the beauty of this show. Is I'm sure on the twelfth watch, there's something we missed, and we'll get. But yeah, you're welcome. I'm glad we could all experience that together, Tom. Trent has an idea. This idea, in order to be exposed, if Trent was wearing an overcoat, in order to expose this idea to the world, it requires a lot of people doing monkey impressions. Tom, as our monkey expert. Please explain to me what happened in this moment, because it went on for a while. It did, it did. But I feel like so. Like the Lasso makes it uh, the comment about Trent being like the sadistic nature documentary, where he sees like an innocent animal getting maybe killed or murdered or something in nature, and he's not going to come in and save it. And you know, equating their season to, I guess, an innocent bunny about to get destroyed by a wolf. But I like the idea of. You know, we know the characters are going to be getting in on this and doing the monkey impressions. But at the very end, we get a like gorilla grunts from Roy, which made me happy because it made me think like, OK, we're going to turn him into a diamond dog. Like he's more and more getting pulled into the silly shenanigans of these other guys. Yep. He's beating his chest. He's doing like almost the bare minimum, but then he starts to get into it. He's like hitting <laughs> yeah. his chest and grunting. And it's, it's all it's all very great. And Trent lean man. Has anyone looked better leaned up against a doorframe than Trent Grimm, of, <laughs> formerly of The Independent? No. And I like his, he's got this very prominent uh, rainbow mug, which is pretty cool, which says, let the good times roll on it. And if you actually look closely, he's got like a bracelet on, which I'm assuming is made by a kid. So his kid, I wouldn't be surprised if we do get some little bit more backstory episode or some kind of heart to heart conversation where we learn more about his background. Cause I think it was just kind of too prominent not to come up a little bit later. Did you notice that? I did not notice it until you pointed it out, but I would love more of Trent Krim. I would love mm-hmm. more of his backstory. Give me more Trent Krim, pro Trent Krim, you know, pro Jade, <laughs> pro Anastasia, <laughs> uh, pro Trent Krim. They all have very good heads. They all have very good heads uh, <laughs> that they got from their parents. Lasso gets a text. Uh, Henry's been bullied. I put question mark because the way they phrase it, I'm like, I don't know. Did he get bullied or is he the bullier? The bullyish? The the Billy Eilish? The how do you say? What is the what is the, uh, bully the bullier? I don't know. Bully for you, isn't that like a saying? Yeah, like, that's probably what it's. That's probably what they call him these days. <laughs> I love how productive Beard is. Beard's like Henry got bullied. Listen, if we take the straight flight to Paris, we'll be back by whatever. We can burn that kid's the house ground. Oh, wow. Burn that kid's house to the ground by 1230. I just love it. I love how, like, and it's fun to have people in your life that are defensive for you about your kids. It's just Mm -hmm. Roy then goes into how you deal with bullies, how you deal with bully for you, I believe, is what we're saying now. Tom, I'm going to give this one to you. I'd like you to go through the steps of Roy Kent, how to deal with bullies. Okay, I want to start off by saying that this is fantastic, and I love the way it's all set up. Like, you think he's just going to say, like, one small thing, and then it keeps going and going and then eventually the music starts to come in and then like crescendos at the end which makes it so much more awesome um and it has to be said like we had the i think it was a christmas episode right where phoebe was getting bullied so if keely would not have been around i'm assuming this is what would have happened to phoebe's bully um but 
here's what you do with the bully. You ignore the bully. Then you go to his house at 4 a.m., which statistically <laughs> is the time people are least likely to expect a home invasion. And Beard which, goes, yep, Beard <laughs> agrees. <laughs> then you get a rope, you soak it in red paint, and you beat them with it. And then when they beg you to stop, you laugh as loud and long as you can, and then you beat them again. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's so good. Brett Goldstein, just the delivery and like the slow, like it gets worse and worse. <laughs> and the cuts to like Beard and Ted staring at him, like as they get sucked into this. And then well, even at the end, he's like super into it. And then Ted's like, well, maybe I'll just, you know, talk to Michelle and so we can figure out what's going on. And then Roy just immediately backtracks like, oh, yeah, that's a good call. Good, sure. good idea. He's like, yeah, I'm going to get the details before I, you know, decide to do that. And Roy's like, yeah, 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 maybe a good idea. It was beautiful. We're in Rebecca's office, and I was surprised by this conversation. I love how they did it. Higgins comes in. She's like, sit down. You're making me nervous with all the formalities. <laughs> and he, in the most roundabout way, gets to the point of suggesting firing Ted and getting a new manager. And her line of, you want to fire Ted? And he says, what in what I just said makes you think I want <laughs> to fire Ted? Which I but, thought he uh, was actually going to offer his resignation. Uh, that's I where I thought too. we were going to start. But mm-hmm. he went directly after Ted. So makes us start to wonder whose team... Higgins is on. Hmm? Is he still working for Rupert? Is he still evil? No, no, no. He's he's making the right like business decision here, I think. I think this and this is this is my hot take. I think this is setting up the end game for Lasso leaving and Nate coming to Richmond and being the head coach. Oh, really? I think that's what I think that's what they're trying to do. They're they're trying to say like, okay, Whatever happens in this season, they're laying the groundwork that Ted is going to maybe not be fired, right? Or just like it'll he'll amicably go. And what we see in this episode, I think it makes sense that it's happening in the same episode, is we get a lot of like the fun, loving Nate and who we liked in the first season because we know the guy does have a good heart and he's just being pulled in the wrong direction. So I think we're going to see more of Ted and Nate kind of going back and forth. And I think how we're going to end this is Nate taking over Richmond. I think it's poetic. I think it's brilliant. And then Ted can go back and, and be with the son. Yep, Ted's going to be back in KC coaching Henry's Lego building team, right? He's (laughs) going to go from Premier League soccer to the Lego building league, where they build (laughs) sports team, I think, is how that works. I don't know. You've been out of the Lego game for a while? I have been out of the Lego game for a while. They should do like Harry Potter and Star Wars Lego stuff. I think that would be pretty cool. Um, <laughs> you should tell him. You should send him a letter. The uh, Oh, I've, I've sent a letter to Mr. Lego. He has not responded, other than with a cease and desist. She, sa- she has a line in here, and I didn't write it down, but it's so good. She's like, I'm going to give myself permission to change the subject. Do you believe in <laughs> psychics like that? <laughs> that delivery? Hannah Waddingham doing a fabulous job in this episode. Do you believe in psychics? Higgins, of course, does. She describes him of, uh, she's like, I'm not surprised by that. You're so whimsical. Um, and he <laughs> says, he's like, oh, my gran has a touch of the shine. Like the way they go into this, just the stuff they're saying is all wonderful. And Higgins mm-hmm. points out like, hey, sometimes maybe psychics just point out things that we like don't see in ourselves or we don't see out in the universe, whatever. It's mm-hmm. all a bunch of weird mumbo jumbo. Higgins does have that fantastic line, though. He's like, he's like, oh, yeah, the universe is filled with things we can't explain. Fingernails? What if that's about? <laughs> What's that about? That's a great line. <laughs> that was a good line. I do want to mention, though, like, we, I don't think we've ever talked about this, but the internet is, like, 
huge and big into the concept and idea of Ted and Rebecca coming together. Yeah, they're shipping for him. That's what I was, that was what I was, I wasn't talking about boats earlier, Tom. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So like the Ted Becca thing, it's a hashtag, look it up, you you can find people that, and I get it, right? Because they're both wonderful, beautiful people that would probably be fantastic together, but I don't think the show has given us enough groundwork for that to be like satisfying at the end. I, I don't know. But the way that they frame this shot at the end where she's staring at the matchbooks, but then kind of out of focus behind the matchbooks is the open biscuit box that, you know, Ted gives her every day. So it's kind of interesting. Like, I don't know if they're doing that on purpose or if it's just kind of toying around with like the the audience, but kind of that idea that, you know, sure, she got this matchbook from Sam, but just like with the wing night thing, like, a part of this thing has come true, but it doesn't necessarily mean the prophecy is coming true because, you know, she got that matchbook from Sam. It could be because these things are just kind of, you know, the universe is aligning and maybe it's going to set up Ted and Rebecca. I don't mm. know. I still think it's kind of far-fetched that they would end up together, but we'll see. That's not what I'm voting for or what I'm rooting for, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am taking up your advice time. You said look it up. I, I will look up what a hashtag is. Um, okay. So I'll, I'll come back with you after I've done my homework and let you know what a hash. It's that little uh, pound symbol on your phone. Oh, okay. Okay. Let me go over to the cord. <laughs> let me go to the corded phone uh, on the wall. It's too far away. The cord doesn't reach the desk. So we're in Nate's office where the assistant, I guess, gives him Anastasia's number because she was really upset that he didn't ask for it at Honey and Bone <laughs> or whatever that place is called. Um, I don't think it's called that. I now that I've said it out loud, I don't bones think. and honey. Okay, that for some reason that sounds better than what I said. <laughs> uh, Anyways, so he picks up the phone. He dials. Uh, very brave. He dials his mother uh-huh. first right to away. practice. Yeah. <laughs> but this is fun, right? We're getting back to the fun, uh, corny, silly fun, Nate. Yes. It's. I, I like what they're doing here, and this is why I wish they didn't pull so hard on that. Like Nate is a villain, gray hair, and just all the shenanigans that he was doing with Rupert, uh, because I don't think he would go in that direction that far. But it's fun to see him crawling back. Yeah, I don't know that I appreciate the show that is like, hey, here's like nasty Nate, like here's mean Nate, and then, but we still get this. I don't really understand why those two personalities exist. Anyways, I'm not going to criticize the show. I love the show. So, well, I, I mean, we could pull in a little bit because I think the idea is like when he's with Rupert or when he's in that competitive spirit and mode, that's when he gets like, I think, his worst. Um, so I, I think when we're playing the games or when he was playing Lasso and all that stuff, like he wanted to apologize to Ted when they weren't on the field. But the second they were on the field and he's in that competitive mode, it's all gung-ho, spit on a mirror, Nate. Yeah, I think I think you hit it right there at the end. When he spits, he becomes mean Nate. So exactly, he just needs some sort of doctor to cauterize his salivatory <laughs> glands, and then he'll be nice all the time. He'll just have a lot of dry mouth. That's all. But I think there's medication for that, like water. You just get prescribed water for dry mouth. Never understood why that was. Anyways, all right, we're walking down the hallway of this podcast, which is the Richmond hallway. I did not understand the Ted and Rebecca exchange. That something happened here. I watched it twice. I didn't understand it. I'm I think, dumb sometimes. Explain no. it to me. Never got a letter from the school saying I was gifted. The letter was always like, hey, listen, maybe let's work a little bit harder. So explain <laughs> what's going on here, Tom. 
I feel like this is a little bit more Ted Becca stuff of them trying to position these two together and have this weird, awkward exchange. But ultimately, I think this is just all about role reversals. So when they greet each other, instead of the normal greeting that they always say, like Ted and boss, that's how they refer to each other, they say the opposite. So she says coach and he says Rebecca. So that's like the first thing that like both of them are like, wait, wait, why did I just say that? So then they kind of slowly turn back to each other and then... Ted says says something very poignant to Rebecca and Rebecca says something very poignant back to Ted that they both didn't know about. Like Ted making the mention that he's a little bit psychic and Rebecca's dealing with this whole concept of psychics and are they real? And then Rebecca making the comment of, I shouldn't have bullied you. Again, kind of the role reversal, the opposite because Ted is thinking about Henry and being bullied. So it's an interesting exchange. I don't know what, what it means in the greater scheme of things, but I thought it was interesting. Okay, well... I'm going to allow you to think it's interesting, and I'm going to allow myself to be confused. Not by your explanation. You did a great job, but by the meaning of the exchange. So I'm sure someone at the internet knows what happened there and will tell us via all caps message to <laughs> teambingepodcast.gmail.com. We're back at the law firm of KJPR, and Shandy we find out has called Emma J that is apparently a sunglass manufacturer led by a person named Emma J, I think. I don't know. Sure. It was 4 a.m. They apparently lose a big client. This leads to Keeley promptly firing Shandy. I Listen, I did not need this scene. This scene could be half as long. They really let this actress cook. She does a fine job. I just don't like mm-hmm. Shandy. Let's just get her out of the office. Just, I agree. Uh, I mean, I'll, I think the only real funny bit from here is like her doing the Jerry Maguire bit. It's like, all right, who's coming with me? And then trying to get, I don't know over the guy's name, Dan, but I like how he was such a Dan, Dan you, and, pushover. And, and then he's like, all right, I'll go with you. And she's like, I don't want you anymore. Or <laughs> however that exchange was. That was, yeah, that was kind of yeah, funny. But I, did, that I was, didn't need any That was of this. about it. I agree. Like it just, it went on for too long. She's just such full of rage and hate towards all of these people that were most likely nothing but kind to her. Like, I mean, like we said at the beginning, Shandy was, I don't know, a means to an end to do something for Keeley. But this is where I, I feel like the show kind of lost it, too, because she didn't really do anything for Keeley. Like, she didn't like teach her a lesson or, I, I no. mean, I don't know. Like, if the no. ideas were supposed to say, okay, Keeley made a mistake because she hired a friend and other people saw it, like, okay. But she understood what needed to be done and she made the decision and let her go. I, yeah, I just don't know, and I, I think this was a storyline that they took a swing on and missed. Yeah, get me back to 30-minute episodes and cut all of the shandy. That's mm-hmm. that's where I'm, unless it's Summer Shandy by Lionel <laughs> Coogies, the refreshing beer. Anyways. They're dropping sponsor after today since Shandy is gone. <laughs> a lot of beer sponsorship stuff these days <laughs> anyways all right the doctor's office we're losing, wait, wait. we're losing beer sponsors we're losing avocado sponsors it's just <laughs> oh man speaking of things that never lose sponsorship we're at the doctor's office this is <laughs> was this in a do- this was a fertility clinic right i don't know what this is but it was classy af man like i need to be rich and go to the doctor because this was <laughs> super fancy <laughs> This is not my doctor's office. Oh, that's great. That's great. I wish both those things for you, Tom. I wish you were rich, and I wish you got to go to a doctor when you needed to. Uh, this doctor's a very I live in nice America, man. man. What's that? I live in America. I can't go to the doctor. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, 
this guy is very nice. He anticipates all of her questions, mm-hmm. which I don't know if that's what you want a doctor to do. You're like, no, I was going to say cancer, so please stop oh, finishing geez. my sandwiches. Um, <laughs> anyways, very nice man. Uh, and I guess we end this on a positive note. Yeah, I don't. So again, my, my thought is she's chasing this kind of psychic rabbit hole because of the matchbook and because of the Wings Night quote that we got earlier. So now she's thinking, okay, is there truth to me still being able to have a family and have a, a kid? Um, she does this thing where she like looks in the waiting room and sees all the other women kind of filling out their paperwork and they're kind of younger. I thought it was kind of clever that they made like every single one of them like a blonde woman as well so kind of like a younger version of herself like she's kind of seeing that and everybody Mm. there she also like hesitates on the emergency contact which i thought was like kind of weird like she has a lot of close people in her life that i don't know what they were trying to do with that bit do you is she worried that other people will find out she's having this test done is she Mm, okay yeah the other thought i mean my initial re- read was oh, she doesn't have anyone close, but as you just pointed out, she's got Keeley, she's got Sassy, she's mm-hmm. got Leslie Higgins, uh, who <laughs> we all need a Leslie Higgins in our life. Like there are a number of options here. So, mm-hmm. but I don't to know. your point though, at the end, the, the doctor definitely gets her hopes up and says, like, yeah, there are people your age and older that I treat and and can have successful um, pregnancies and all that kind of jazz. So, so she's very um, optimistic right here. Speaking of optimism, Tom, we're in the weight room, and this team needs a speech. This team needs a rallying speech. And who's the hero of the team? The hero of the team is Jamie Tart. All right? <laughs> Jamie Tart. Do, 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 do. This guy gives him a pep talk, and it is a great pep talk. And then he gets Zavad. And in this way, Zava throws away the plate like it weighs nothing. He gives <laughs> Not an identical speech, but a very close speech to the uh-huh. point where Jamie goes, I literally just said that. And someone like hits him. Uh, <laughs> he's like, Zav's like, no team is able to beat this team. I don't remember the, oh, I'm sorry. We've got the clip. Tom, we'll, uh, we'll play the clip. Go ahead. I don't think I have the exact thing. So I'm not going to do this out of voice if I can't do the exact quote. Uh, but but again, ultimately, Weak. right, the idea of them coming together, they can conquer anything. But again, I feel bad for Jamie. Jamie didn't have the luxury of that awesome music playing in the background. That was, again, I love the score of these uh, the series. It plays this behind Zava, and it makes his words, which are not very different, sound so much cooler when it's got that music. So you think because Zava has Hans Zimmer writing the soundtrack of his life, <laughs> that's why everyone's like in on Zava. But if you took Fact. it away, he'd just be some weirdo spouting nonsense. That's fair. Yeah, Hans Zimmer throwing plates all things. over the off the weight room floor. Exactly. Very mean. Exactly. <laughs> in Ted's flat, we have the classic Ted and Michelle FaceTime. This is a great scene. Like, did you notice? Like on the uh, countertop, there's an open jar of peanut butter. I did not. I did not notice. <laughs> That's great. As we found in season one, Ray Jax to just scoop his finger in there and just take a bite. So that was mm. good. I love the idea that they're doing here with, he kind of touched on it quite a bit with like Ted's alcoholism and how he generally is kind of drinking to kind of drown some of his sorrows here. And in the last episode, I think we saw him get ready to take a drink and he put it down. So he's trying to kind of like not use uh, alcohol as a crutch. But in this scene, it's so well filmed where he goes to grab a glass as he's talking to Michelle via FaceTime. He grabs the pitcher of water. Michelle mentions something about Jake, puts the pitcher of water down, grabs the whiskey, and then pours that into his glass instead. 
getting past any sort of like alcohol or addiction or anything like that, it's a slow journey. It doesn't just happen overnight. So I like the idea that they're saying like, no, like he's still struggling. He, he sometimes needs some some liquid courage to get through the day. Sure. I assumed the clear liquid was vodka. So I thought he was just <laughs> going between alcohols. Maybe he was going to mix them. I don't know. But this is where it's revealed that Henry was the bully, not the bullied. Mm. And I thought, hey, good for Henry. You know, he's toughening oh, some kids up there in the world, you know? <laughs> um, no, 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 no. We're uh, half of this podcast is strongly against bullying. Uh, you can choose which half. <laughs> We're back at the law firm of KJPNR, where Dan fake quits. This was just it's a weird time. <laughs> He's like, uh, I'm kidding. Unless, did you want me to quit? I was like, all right, Dan, just leave the room. Uh, uh, I, as I watch all these scenes with Shandy and this office, I'm, I was just like, well, I'm, I'm glad this isn't a British office comedy show because I just don't think. I don't think the Brits would be able to nail a, a, an office comedy show. That's what I. That's where I came out of mm. all of this. Um, I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah, I think I think I'll be on the right side of history on that take. <laughs> Jake, and, I'm sorry, Jake, Jack, Jack and Keeley. It seems interesting. Well, you don't have to edit that. I feel like it's interesting that they would introduce two new characters this season with Jake and Jack. I mix those up all the time. I'll see it written down, and I will still mix those names up. Sure. Now, if Jake starts going to games with Keeley, Jake has got some long reach selling insurance and giving people therapy. (laughs) But Keeley goes to the game with Jack, or at least decides to go to the game. I guess they never Mm -hmm. really make it. Um, I have questions. Just, Just the fashion sense between these two. Jack is in like a turtleneck sweater that is cut in the sleeves like one of the guys that removes the sleeves off their shirt to go to the gym. It's got like the open, (laughs) uh, almost like a poncho, I guess. And then Keely always just has looked like uh, a Spice Girl to me in one way or another. They're both beautiful. Like I guess what I'm trying to say, unlike Jamie, I'm not good with fashion, Tom, and I don't understand it. Can you no, explain I, it to me? Why are nipple no. rings on the outside of the clothes, Tom? I'll give you the floor. <laughs> I don't know if I've got an answer for that, man. I am not a fashion-forward person as well. I wear 90% of the time T-shirts and, let's say, 98% of the time sweatpants. So I'm not the person to ask. So good for them. I think all they right. both look great all the time. I'll ask you an easier question then. What's in Barb's <laughs> desk drawer, Tom? Oh, man, that's a... I don't know if I want to know. I feel like sometimes I get some like serial killer vibes from her. I don't know, maybe trinkets from past uh, past murders. Because again, we know this show is going to be a detective show at some point. So... You think it's ears? She's collected <laughs> ears be. from her victims? <laughs> Could be, I don't oh, know. Man. Yeah, I, this was... I thought this was What's in those snow off. gloves, man? What's in those <laughs> snow gloves? Snow gloves. Uh, What's a snow made out of? Uh, is it a, it's a dollhouse made of teeth? Um, spoiler alert yeah there you go anyways uh, i was interested i thought this payoff it did not pay off but for those of you that have uh, theories on what's in barb's desk you can add us at myspace um side note tom (laughs) i tried to make us a myspace for this podcast and it is uh almost impossible they like (laughs) wouldn't let me upload photos like, I don't even understand MySpace anymore. Tom's not involved. I truly did. I like, I, I made it. I made the profile. And then when I was like going to, it's like, you can't upload photos. And I was like, what are we doing here? Uh, and I haven't been back. So I did you try, have, like, guys. music and stuff? I could not. Listen, 
I could not figure out what was happening there. At a certain point, I was like, maybe this is just down. Like, maybe it's not operating. Um, anyways, I, no, I, I this is not a lie. I did try this. I can give you our login, and you can see whether or not you can fix it. Uh, Why don't you just tell me the login right now, and everybody on the pod or listening to the pod can try. No, 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 no. Okay. Uh, then they'll change our top eight friends, and we can't. We can't have people getting mad at us. We are in the locker room before the game. There's no Zava. Um, we have a nice moment here where Beard encourages Ted about Henry, and uh, mm-hmm. it's it, it, once again, it's always nice when you have someone in your corner. Yeah, and, and I think Beard's line is, you know, good. He's a good kid because you're his dad, which I think is a fantastic line. We know Ted is probably a very, very good father, but again, like hearing that line and knowing that Ted is not a part of Henry's life, or at least not as much as you know, certainly Ted or Henry probably want at this moment. I felt. I kind of like took more into that line than maybe I would at face value because he's not there for his kid nearly as much as he probably should be. So, right. Yes. He's his dad, but you know, Jake is kind of taken over and teaching the kid about sunroofs and insurance. So, right. Umbrella policies, how to bundle, you know, <laughs> all those things, how to iron khakis, how to not iron khakis, what a plea is, you know, all these things. <laughs> well, I think Ted's got a pretty good plea game. What a, what a braided belt is, you know, how to match the braided belt with the shoes. Uh, how many buttons to button on a polo. So many things. So many things of the world that Henry's learning from Jake. Mm-hmm. Speaking mm-hmm. of learning things from the world, back at the law firm of KJPR, a lamb is pooping all over a conference table, and it was left by Shandy and Keeley. Jack from Venture Capitalists, not Jake from State Farm, have to deal with it. Apparently it it's smells a, bad. That's what I learned about this. Is apparently goat pebbles smell bad. That's uh, I'm I'm learning a lot. It's a weird sequence. I feel like even this little sheep that's or well, I guess it's a lamb. It's a tiny one. Like that's on the table. It looks very heavily CGI'd. Uh, but I I think it's a call to when Shandy was leaving. She called them all sheeps. So I guess this is her get back at all of them. Like I I can't. I don't know. It's just the remnants of Shandy still hanging on. And I really hope that we just don't get all these mean, hateful things from Shandy. Like that's maybe a way they could keep her alive somehow where she's going to get so vindictive. She's constantly doing mean or harassing things to Keely and the office. I don't know, Tom, you're giving Shandy a lot of credit. She called everyone sheep, but then she left a totally different type of animal, a lamb. That doesn't make any sense. Come on, man. We're at the restaurant. What's this restaurant called, Tom? This is, I forgot about this restaurant because this is the A Taste of Athens. I remember this from was it the second season where Nate kind of took his family there, but I forgot the name. So a Greek restaurant, A Taste of Athens. The manager's name is Derek. Uh, he's very nice. <laughs> uh, if you ever go there, he doesn't have a last name. His name is just Derek. <laughs> Derek Athens. That's right. Yes, that's right. <laughs> I forgot. It's his family's restaurant. <laughs> Oh man! And you're actually eating his family. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Taste. All right. Happens. All right. Podcast for kids. Getting a little dark. Sure. Sure. Some things have been said. Sorry, Gam Gam. All right. Nate and Anastasia show up. Jade. Love Jade. Give me more so Jade. Good. She's so mm-hmm. great. She's like Nate's like table for two, and she looks past him to Anastasia, and and she's like, and how can I help you? And he's like, no, 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 we're together. Just all of this is so good. And then Anastasia. You have a very cute head. <laughs> yeah, I got it from my father. Just a great line from Jade. <laughs> Wonderful. And oh, man, he gets the window table. 
I'm so glad this developed. I'm so glad they did this. I felt like they were foreshadowing this, but where this ends up, just so happy. I did think Derek coming in here, he calls Nathan, he like sings a song, he calls him Nathan Jelly, which I don't <laughs> know if that was intentional or not. And then he looks at Anastasia and he says, I'm a huge fan of your face and body, which <laughs> is a compliment I've never been given. Um, <laughs> but one day I would like to be given that compliment by someone, hopefully a stranger on the street or the person right before they murder me after keeping me <laughs> in a hole in the ground. There you go, Tom. I can get dark too. Congratulations. <laughs> eating eating the family of Athens. <laughs> now I'm making Silence of the Lamb jokes. We all got there. You're welcome, kids. Ask your parents what all that stuff means. Oh, brilliant. Anastasia is too good for this restaurant, which, I don't know, maybe she's got a point. I've never eaten there. Um <laughs> And uh, Jade laughs. There's this moment where Jade laughs when Nate's like, the baklava's divine. And she starts to <laughs> giggle. It's wonderful. I love it. It is good. I like just setting up the shallow nature of Anastasia and kind of, you know, we don't, we haven't really gotten much of Jade outside of her like snarky attitude as a, as a hostess here, but it, it's fun to kind of get her kind of bantering a little bit or, or at least kind of opening up, I guess, a little bit to Nate. And then eventually we'll get him to actually sit down and enjoy a meal. It's pretty cool. I think you're replacing beautiful deadpan stare with snarkiness. She doesn't say many snarky things. She just stares at him until he figures <laughs> out he's an idiot. And it's wonderful. All right. Anyways, enough. I'll get off the the jade train. Um, we're at the game. We have Colin as a replacement for Zava. The mm -hmm. announcers are like, what do you think of that? And the other one's like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard, which is great. Um I think this is where Beard and Roy then come back to the, the coach's bench or whatever, and Beard goes through the whole list of all the people they've tried to call to contact Zava. And I like the last two. It was like, even the avocado whisperer, Norris Barber, knows where he is. And if the avocado whisperer don't know and the barber don't know, the guy's dead. <laughs> Might guys. as well be dead. Yeah. He better <laughs> be. He better be. Great. It's all great. <laughs> We're back at the law firm, Keely and Jack. They're handing the lamb off having i guess i wrote candles here i'm assuming they've done some sort of ritual where they've slaughtered the lamb and lit candles uh no Is that i how think they get rid yeah, of it i i blacked out i don't remember was there a religious ritual tom <laughs> there's not and if there was and we were playing a video game we would likely have words with those gentlemen mm -hmm. or people but yeah i think they're lighting the candles because yeah the office smells like you know lamb so they're trying to get rid of it i do like the keely we get again the, the beautiful nature of keely where she tells the kind of handler or whoever's taking this lamb away he's like you know you should love someone for what they are not who they are which i thought was great it was a nice line and that's in reference to the reason he gave shandy the lamb is because she told him he could date a celebrity um, <laughs> yeah and it's wonderful they share some vodka. We find out that Jack went to a Danish boarding school and she loves hammering some <laughs> vod. So, um, yeah, they seem to be coming fast French, which is always mm -hmm. nice. Mm -hmm. The Danish boarding school would explain that turtleneck sweater. Anyways, <laughs> moving on. We're at the restaurant. Uh, Anastasia says something to Nate, which no one has ever said to me in their life. She says, feed it to me. And I was like, oh, man, thank goodness that's never happened to me. Um, that was awkward. But they both giggle. They're having a lovely time. I think these two kids are going to make it. You know, I think they're going to go the distance. Mm. Um, but mm. then Anastasia's is like, hey, this place is terrible. And Nate's like, listen, this is important to me. It's going to be important for when we get married and have children and grow <laughs> old together. 
Uh, and Anastasia's like, I got to make a call. And she gathers all of her stuff. And he's like, oh, you need all your stuff to make a call? Uh, and then, Tom, I'm going to let you take it from here because you have a great observation. Yeah, this is just, this has to be intentional. But she goes outside. She gets in like the convertible with all of her friends in there. And they're playing super loud, the Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go by Wham!, which just leads me to believe that, unfortunately, all these people in this car are about to perish in a freak gasoline fight accident, a la Zoolander. A la Zoolander. Whenever you get a gaggle of models together, it always ends in a gasoline fight. Yeah. Oh, so good. Oh, it was, a, it was a wonderful callback. If it was unintentional, shame on them. If it was intentional, <laughs> just a beautiful moment. Yeah. I wrote in my notes, Jade, is that pity? Because uh, she looks at Nate being ditched on, and she does show some, some pity. When I wrote that note, it was on the first watch, and I was a little scared they weren't going to let the two of them like have a, have a moment mm-hmm. together. But the show delivered, as it always does, and <laughs> just like Richmond does, because they lose the game 4-0. <laughs> so I guess they delivered a loss like they always do. <laughs> Uh, yeah, a lot, City of, lot of big level. losses. Four nil. Didn't they lose by like four in that in the last game in the last episode where everyone was getting red guarded? Listen, uh, they said it. The coaches said in the very beginning the defense is terrible. But so is the so offense. Is the offense. <laughs> so is the midfield that are just watching Zava. But again, all aspect of the. But I like the idea of it's four nil. So at least when they had Zava playing, they at least got maybe a goal or two. But this they got nothing. Oh, good point. Because he was still scoring goals. That's mm-hmm. a good good point. We're in Rebecca's office. She looks at her phone. I'm assuming it's an iPhone 20, and <laughs> she's a good guy, a good girl. No, that doesn't sound right. A good woman. Ooh, I'm going to cut that because that did not sound right. Or we'll leave it in and get canceled. doesn't matter. Uh, I need a drink. All right. She finds out on her phone that Zava's going to retire. And, or maybe, possibly. It's like a weird YouTube clip where you don't know whether or not it's news or not. Speaking of whether or not something's... Never mind. I'm not going to get into what's news and what's not. Uh, I need a drink. All right. Dr. Wagner calls. And Rebecca gets the news. And she calls Keely. You made a note here. I'm going to step on it, Tom. She acts the ooh, heck out of this scene, right? Mm. She just does an incredible so job. Yeah. And I don't like... And, and I want to talk about this a little bit because... Like at first watch, I'm like, when her first reaction comes in, I'm like, oh no, it's it's bad news. But the way that she acts this, like they play the ambiguity or, or Hannah Waddingham plays the ambiguity just so brilliantly here because like at a certain point she kind of smiles and is that like like a smile because she's just trying to cope with this, yeah. the news? Like I don't, yep. I don't know. And man, is it so well acted. It's just brilliant. I'm with you. She did a wonderful job. She left it at a point where you're like, oh, that's good. Nope, that's bad news. Oh, she's coping. Oh, she's happy. Oh, she's calling Keely. But Keely is preoccupado. But let's talk (laughs) about it, Tom, before we go to the law firm of KJPNR. Did she get good news or bad news? When this scene left you on the second watch, where did you land? I still don't know, man. Like, I feel feel like it's bad news. I guess just based on the initial reaction and then everything else is just her trying to cope with it. But I mean, again, I could, I could go either way, but if I had to lean in one direction, I would say it's, it's unfortunate and it's bad news and that she, she wouldn't be able to have children. What do you think? Oh no, you're wrong. It was good news. So (laughs) we go from there to, I, I left it as she got good news. That's just the impression that I got. 
Uh, and I've never yeah, been I mean, wrong with my impressions. You're a glass, you're a glass half uh, full guy, and I'm a glass half empty. It makes sense. That's true. And my glass is always full with Summer Shandy by Lionel Coogan's. <laughs> uh, when I'm kicking back in the backyard, just trying to relax, I like to grab myself an ice cold Summer Shandy by Lionel Coogan's from Wisconsin. <laughs> Man, if we don't get some sort of sponsorship, Tom, I'm going to drink myself to death. Um <laughs> There you go, wait, kids wait, got wait, darker. Wait, wait, wait. wait, what are you going to drink yourself to death with? When you want to drink yourself <laughs> to death, get yourself a nice cold summer shandy. It's got a bit of lemonade in it as well as beer. And if you drink 400 of them, it'll probably kill you. But that can be said about most things. Summer shandy. Lionel Coogan's. All right. I'm just going to clip that. We'll use it as an ad. <laughs> Oh, oh lordy 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 all right don't drink Can't... too much everybody drink yeah. i know we're, we're team binge and all but uh drink in moderation please <laughs> <laughs> yeah our deep secret is that the binge people have always thought it involves television but uh we got news for you we watch one episode a week so we're binging something else kids you're welcome orange juice ask that fun uncle he'll tell you what's going on all right at the law office for the third time. At the law offices of KJPR, there are two parties that represent the people. One, anyways, different show. Keely and Jack are talking about exes, and we mm-hmm. uh, we get serious, Tom. We get down to business. It's I'd business like to, time. Uh, well, we don't get down to business quite yet. The back and forth conversation about the exes I thought was really good, and I like how Keely kind of stops when she starts talking about Roy because, you know, Jack just assumes she's talking about Jamie Tart and that relationship. I didn't know about the Roy. And Keely's saying, like, you know what? It still hurts. I don't want to talk about it. Like, I want to be happy again. Uh, and I, I like that little little bit because it tells her tells us as the audience that she still is, is feeling a lot of feelings. She doesn't know really maybe where she feels right now. But the, the Roy stuff is still very fresh in her mind. So fresh. So fresh. Uh, this leads to, I mean... Every conversation I've ever had about Roy Kent has led to kissing. So inevitably, <laughs> uh, these two have a, a passionate kiss, and then we get to see the creepy executive uh, window shades get used. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, which is funny, because in one of the scenes, they show us the other side, and it doesn't really stop you from seeing a whole lot. Uh, in <laughs> fact, it's like a more erotic shadow. So I, I think that guy that installed those knew what he was doing. I feel like they were very close to it. If you're further back in the room, maybe you'd be okay, but they were right up against that glass. So yeah, they're not they're not hiding much. Nor do they want to be. I like to think that the man that installed them or woman that installed them, I don't know. I think the other episode let us know it was a man loved doing shadow puppets and he would stay mm. late and when the cleaning team came in to vacuum, he would just be in his office entertaining them with shadow puppets. Um <laughs> So his nickname was the Puppet Master. The Puppet Master, that's exactly right. And they're like, that shadow looks like it's devouring the other shadow. Anyways. <laughs> Yikes. Yikes. This episode. Oh, that E rating on this one. <laughs> well, we won't get any warnings as long as we don't talk about anything serious. So I think we'll be okay. <laughs> All right. Back at the restaurant, Jade brings over the baklava, which has been described. I heard, Tom, the taste of Athens, the baklava there is divine. Mm-hmm. So true. Nate expresses the fact that he cannot eat it all by himself, uh, no matter how much divinity it has. Uh, listen, listen, this plate of baklava, like if you ever had baklava, it's delicious, but you can't have more than a couple bites until you're full. This plate is like a mountain of baklava. This is for like a family of nine. 
Listen, the Taste of Athens is the claim jumper of London. <laughs> they just give you so much food that even if it's not good, you're like, it's four meals in one. So I'm not going to okay. hate on the Taste of Athens. Great human meat, great baklava. It's all good. <laughs> is um, claim jumper still a thing? Is that around? Don't date me, Tom. Okay. <laughs> claim jumpers have been around as long as copper mines have. All right. <laughs> okay. Nate invites Jade to sit down, and it's wonderful. I love mm-hmm. this. I like seeing happy Nate. I like seeing Nate not be a jerk. I enjoyed Jade showing pity on him and some interest, too. It seems like mm-hmm. she genuinely uh, has some affection for him, and I can't wait for these. I This is my end game. My end game is Nate and Jade. I've said it from season one. <laughs> this, was my, this was my end game. Don't listen to those podcasts because... You'll find out I'm lying right now. Or listen to them to find out I was telling the truth. Who knows? Either way, we get to pay for our sports cars because of this podcast. Yes, we do. <laughs> sports cars. You know, the little matchbox cars. Yep. Uh, but I do, yeah, to your point, like this is Nate being a good person, the fun-loving Nate that we had in, in previous. So like when he's not around certain people, or in that competitive spirit, he's just, he can't help but be himself and be a good, nice, kind-hearted person. So I'm glad they're doing this now and not trying to flip the script on us in the last couple of episodes. If what we think is going to happen is they're going to kind of flip Nate and, and get him back in the fold with, with Ted and, and the folks at Richmond. I'm glad they're laying this groundwork now. I am too. The only thing that would have made this better if Anastasia and the models had pulled up outside and been like jade join us we're going to the gas station (laughs) and then jade had been like i've gotta go and then she grabs a baklava and leaves uh and then in the background there's just like a ball of fire five minutes later (laughs) we're in the coach's office tom we're Mm -hmm. in the final stretch here we go and by final stretch i mean ted starts to have a panic attack (laughs) what brings this on is this because he hasn't talked to henry yet and they just lost the game is it a combination of those things that's that's causing this yeah i think he's like anticipating henry's call and like he still hasn't been able to kind of touch base so yeah i think that's kind of it i think he's actually staring at that like pyramid of excellence uh poster up on the wall so it's probably just making him think of home so i think we had reference to that like that's something he brought back from from kansas but i do like how these sequences like have these ear ringings because like i have tinnitus so whenever these ear ringings happen in like movies it always makes me feel like oh okay this is now everybody can feel how i feel all the time oh same but i didn't hear any of the ear ringing because it just blended in with the normal ear ringing so when you when i looked at your note and it said ear ringing i was like yeah how did tom know my ear was ringing during that scene this is why we generally shout and julian laughs very loudly when i get him (laughs) i'm sorry i'm sorry anyways henry calls they have a chat this Henry kid is super wise. Maybe Henry should be coaching teams and like giving out <laughs> life advice. This is not a, no- I'm not going to project here, but I'm going to project. This is not a normal like father son conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, like Henry anticipates this and is immediately like, hey, I know I did this bad. Here's what I should have done. Here's what I did to apologize. He like preemptively gets past his dad yelling at him. Normal conversation how this is supposed to go is Henry picks up the phone and the dad just starts yelling and berating him for 10 (laughs) minutes about what he did wrong and why he shouldn't bully people and why he should get better grades. 
and at the next family meeting they're going to deal with all of this uh but instead henry being the smart kid and i'm going to say manipulative leads with a solution just so he won't get yelled at so all of that was normal right did i did i nail it all yeah, I, I mean, I think you're generally kind of right. I think they did rush through this relatively quickly. But, like, the idea here is that Ted being, like, again, such a good father or setting Henry up for success. Like, Henry says, like, hey, listen, I apologized. I counted to 10, just like you taught me to do. And then we get that line from Ted. It's like, oh, yeah, that's something my dad taught me. Which, again, that line, kind of like the beard line earlier about Ted being a good dad, like, that kind of hit me again because that is a, you know, something that Ted got from his father and he's now passing it on to his kid, but can he keep passing on these little nuggets of wisdom and all this kind of stuff if he's not there physically for his son? So it's great to see that his son is still doing well in kind of Ted's absence, but I think it's very clever and and great writing to, to kind of position it as they did. Sure. So you don't think he can father through memes? You don't think by sending a meme to Henry once a day that that is the right amount of fathering? Listen, I've tried for the past year with my uh, four-year-old. It's not gone well. <laughs> That's Granted, not he true. can't read yet, so it's your, challenging. Your kid's <laughs> awesome. And memes are mostly pictures. Actually, I'm pretty sure your kid can read. I, we recently, uh, recently, yes, something, I can't remember what it was, but your kid told us what it, he read it. They at the restaurant. Know. What was he's it? He can know. read. Yeah, he's a smart kid. Anyways. <laughs> After this call, Ted, like the panic attack kind of comes back. Like the, I believe there's more ear ringing and he Mm -hmm. uh, attempts to calm himself, almost being reminded by what Henry said. Yeah. And I like this because again, this is probably the callback to the help he's getting from Dr. Sharon and from his friends and everything around him. But he takes a deep breaths. Um, I'm not sure if it was that breathing technique that uh, Dr. Sharon had taught him, but then he keeps repeating to himself like, Hey, it's okay it's okay, it's okay, and like he's able to find a way to cope and deal with these these panic attacks. So I think it's good, and to your point, like we're never necessarily a huge fan of the panic attacks. Now they just kind of come on when the show needs them to come on to be a foil or whatever, but I, I like the way the show's kind of allowing Ted to wrangle this in a bit. Right, rather than being uncontrollable, he's like using mm-hmm. some, some stuff, yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is, I believe, where Sam's like, hey guys... Zava retired and he sent a video. Let's watch it all together on this tiny. Sam's like, listen, this screen is uh, 5.7 inches diagonally. It's got (laughs) 4,000 pixels. It's the iPhone 20. You can purchase it at iPhone stores. (laughs) Teambinge.com. No, no, we don't sell iPhones, Tom. Tom, no, no, don't, don't give people that. Oh, no, the website just crashed. All right. Uh, Zava's got a great line here. I tried to read what Zava's sweatshirt said. It just looked like one of those weird, expensive, like Armani sweatshirts. But um, take it away, Tom. You are not my followers. You are my believers. I love how that line gives. I think it's Roy. It cuts to Roy, and he just rolls his eyes, which is great. Yep. Yep. (laughs) But he gives, yeah, he gives his emboldened speech about that he's played his last game. He's got to focus on his avocados. So, you know, good luck with his avocados. Love avocados. In all shapes and forms, mainly when they're in guacamole. That's when I love them Mm. the most. Fact. And your wife makes fantastic guacamole. Yes, yes, she does. This leads to the TED speech. Well, first he tries to give a quick pep talk. And one thing I didn't know what they were going to do here, because he's coming out of the conversation with Henry. I thought they were going to make it seem like he did not know Zava was retiring. And so when Sam asks him about Zava, I thought Ted was going to be like, listen, we haven't heard from him. We don't know what's going on. Like, to show the disconnect. But... 
he's obviously been informed. I don't know when or I don't know how, but um, he's been informed that Zava mm-hmm. is, is retiring. So this leads us to locker room sports movie moment. <laughs> it's great. And I like the way they do set it up where Ted's just, he's going to give some kind of quick little speech um, because I think his mind is still clearly on Henry and he wants to go back and play what Roblox or some video game with his son, which I think is, is great. But Sam is the one that kind of has to slow him down and say, Hey, what about Zava? And again, what Ted does, what Ted does, he gives this beautiful and passionate speech. It's tough to do movie sports movie speeches. I'll say that mm-hmm. this one is all about, uh, believing in each other, believing in yourself, like not getting sucked into all the envy, fear, and shame. He's like, I don't want to mess around with that stuff anymore. You know, I want to believe that we matter regardless of what we achieve. I want to believe Mm -hmm. that we can get better. He goes into all that stuff. And all of this is after, of course, the sign falling and splitting in half. No, but yeah, like Ted uses the belief sign kind of splitting that we've seen in the previous episode as a means to kind of like kick off this conversation. Like, you know, this is just a sign and this is the episode title, right? Signs. It's just a sign. This is just a metaphor. It doesn't mean anything. Like if you can believe in the sign all you want, but you need to believe in yourselves, believe in hope. I think he's even got a line where he talks about like the idea of not needing Zava. And he even like gives Jamie a look when he says that because Jamie was the one that said like, listen, we don't need him. Um, So Ted is kind of, you know, acknowledging Jamie's kind of point earlier that, you know, Jamie, now you got to step up and even have this very, this ends at the uh, speech when Colasso leaves, leaves the ripped sign right in the middle of the room. You get that moment with Jamie and Roy where Roy's walking by and Jamie's like 4 a.m. And Roy's like, yeah, you're dang right. So boom, it's great. Jamie's going to put on his boots and he's going to be the guy, hopefully that's going to lead this team to, to more W's. Right. The funny parts of this is every time he rips the sign, the team's like, oh, <laughs> like it's a yeah. like it's a spiritual omen that he is slowly <laughs> destroying and it is you know it's beautiful it is what we love about Ted Lasso and the show the positive messages that come through mm-hmm. I love the music like the music and the score right they kind of played that like slow piano Ted Lasso riff or whatever that I think came from uh Mr. Mumford, all the music. Yes, uh Marcus Mumford. So again, it's just it's just great. There is a funny bit where I think Ted makes a comment about like, you know, teammates run off and find somebody else when he's talking about Zava and it turns out they're soulmates. And then Beard has a line that says like Gina effing Gershon. Um, So I guess Beard had had a relationship with Gina Gershon. Did you catch that or know what that's about? Because there is a callback there where I think at Roy at some point in a previous episode, I think is when they were going to like find Isaac or kind of get him back in the fold when he kind of had his falling out. Roy makes mention that he had dated or slept with Gina Gershon. So I thought it was odd that, and Roy gives him a look when Beard says and references her. So I don't know if you caught that, but I wanted to bring that up because I thought that was too weird and unique not to. I know that there's been a Gina Gershon reference. I do believe you're right that it's where they go to play like street soccer with Isaac Mm -hmm. when he's lost his love of the game. And so, yes, it's interesting that Beard has lost Gina Gershon, so has Roy. Um, <laughs> and having just watched Face Off recently, which you can tell by some of our recent tweets towards the Justice Department, <laughs> also starring Gina Gershon. So I think I believe in psychics based on uh, <laughs> this show bringing up Gina Gershon and me watching Face Off randomly within a day. So... Well, me and my uh, wife are going to watch Showgirls tonight, so that's, yeah, it's definitely a psychic. Is, 
Gina Gershon and Showgirls? I gotta be honest, yeah. I've never seen Showgirls. Oh, watch Showgirls. Every single time that Jesse Spano runs out of a scene like really mad and angry, you take a shot, you are just plastered. It's great. Okay. Well, <laughs> I guess I'm skipping my meeting this week. Uh, <laughs> and I can't tell you what the meeting is. It's supposed to be anonymous. So um, anyways, enjoyed the episode. I really, I think we could have whittled it down to a bit shorter if we cut out some of the stuff that I don't care mm-hmm. for. But I'm sure there are people out there that Shandy, Summer Shandy by Lionel Coogans is their favorite <laughs> character in beer. Uh, anyways, we appreciate all of you that have been with us. Uh, I've said our email address so many times, I'm not going to say it again. Tom will cover the <laughs> other socials. But the big thing we want to know, Tom, is the next week we're going to gather together to talk about an episode of Ted Lasso. It's going to be <laughs> season three, episode six. And I believe this is a 12-episode season. So we're going to hit the halfway mark, and the halfway mark, sometimes known as halftime or midfield or midseason, what's this episode going to be called, Tom? Uh, the next episode is called Live VB, because they tried to tape the Believe sign back together, and they taped it in the wrong <laughs> And they're all arguing. Oh, I love it. I love it, I love it, I love it. Oh, man, that's great. They argue, and then they're like, forget yes. that, just tape it. It's good. I like it. <laughs> but yes, please, if you're enjoying our, our podcast, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Team Binge or Team Binge Podcast. If you want to get some merch, we got our partners at Public. That's T-E-E-Public.com. Find your stuff there. Get your Team Binge shirts and stickers and all sorts of fun stuff. Uh, but thank you again for those who have been uh, following along and listening. The show continues to be uh, a joy to talk through, and uh, can't wait for more, man. We're, what, five episodes in? I think it's 12 total, so we're almost halfway through. Yep, I just went over all that, so I can definitely tell you we're not listening to me, but that's okay. Um, Sorry. (laughs) I was thinking about my title. (laughs) I just want to say... once again yeah as tom mentioned the people that engage barrett we love hearing from you and then i just i feel strongly that i must go on record that if you were going to photoshop my face onto a drug paraphernalia picture um (laughs) please find a better picture of me is all i would ask because gam gam had a lot of questions about the glass vase i was holding uh, and what i was using it for and why there were no flowers in it uh, and why i wasn't smiling um, and then I'm prettier when I smile. Uh, thank you, Gabe. <laughs> uh, anyways, we'll be with you next week. Uh, we appreciate all of you. I've been Julian. Julian, you're pretty when you frown too, buddy. And I've been Tom. Bye. <laughs>